I think it's still behind us. We just need to make it to that room up ahead. Thank God, that's the residence bay for all of our sponsors. We won't be fighting it alone. Oh, oh no. no. We, we don't, don't have, have any sponsors. Paralyze the world. Alright, welcome to the first episode of the new and improved podcast from the Black Lagoon. Where we metaphorically slice and dice our way through horror films of old and new. We're your co-host, I'm Brian. And I'm Nick. And today, we're talking about the 1979 film Alien, where... A man makes out with an alien, like it's prom night, and unknowingly becomes pregnant. Because in huh. space, no one can hear you cream. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I think we watched the same movie. Did you... Pretty... You may have rented a different version of this. Uh, no, I'm, I'm pretty sure I got the, the right version. Like, like Actually, he... you know what? After doing some research into H.R. Giger, I think maybe you did. This movie has some weird Freudian psychosexual undertones. We'll get into all of that. But, yeah, so Alien. <laughs> Let's, yeah. uh, I guess it's time to get into the guts of the film. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. What's really odd is I don't remember this movie at all. Really? Man. The only thing that I remember is the iconic chestburster scene. Yeah. Which is mortifying, <laughs> to say the least. I've seen Aliens. I've seen Alien 3. I've seen the other, the other movies that we will not mention <laughs> at all. Uh, and, yeah, I... Like, I, I feel like I've seen it, but I don't have any recollection. I, I think that's almost like w when you get a movie that's this big and monumental, I feel like it just mm -hmm. enters pop culture, and you kind of feel like you know it without knowing it. Like, when, when I watched rewatched the original Halloween with you, I was so surprised at how much of the plot I got wrong. Like, I thought I knew what the movie was about, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, wow, this isn't just like a gimmicky, great first horror film. This is a great movie with all of these nuances in it and it's interesting and darker than I remembered. And so it, it's almost like, I, I feel like pop culture movies like alien, just you have to sit down and watch them to really get a feel for why they made such a gigantic splash. I, I kind of, this has been a favorite of mine for years. I was introduced to this probably way too early and I watched the film and fell in love with the lore because I'd never seen a movie that was so lived in. And I, I think that's an overused term in like gaming language, but everything is gritty and real and dusty and analog. Like they're literally creating a world. Like we're following space truckers. That's how it's often put because all these people on the Nostromo are essentially hauling cargo through space. And it takes months and months and months to make these journeys. And all of their equipment is this old, dusty, analog, super charming looking stuff. And it's just like, I turned this movie on and I forgot how every single second of it is like a masterwork. The set design, 
is insane. I've never seen such a convincing spaceship interior. It's not some boring 2000s white hallway with like big hologram screens. And it's like every single thing was handcrafted with like airline passenger warning messages and symbology on it. It's like the doors have little opening and shutting lines. It's crazy. I I kind of fell in love with this movie a second time rewatching it and picked up on a lot of new stuff and some stuff that maybe doesn't age so well and then some stuff that really does. So I I was super excited that you agreed to do this one uh, with me. Do you have any, like, I'm curious to hear your feelings after watching it because I have no idea where you stand on it. (laughs) So after watching it or rewatching it i don't know i have a slight case of the amnesia <laughs> and amnesia i wanted to like shorten the word and just say amnesia but it doesn't sound right yeah let's 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 make it a word people got the slight case of the amnesia uh the world building that ridley scott and hr gear put into this world it it's it's phenomenal i yeah i like I kind of want to step away from video games, but I kind of lean towards Alien Isolation, and I'm like, oh, I, like, all that is, like, for face-to-face looks so, looks and sounds so similar. It's so incredible. It's so When you play through that game, you hear sounds taken directly from the movie, and Mm -hmm. it's like, when I first played that game, I was astonished that anybody could so competently take that weird biomechanical pseudo-sexual design of all of Alien and all of the, even the ship and everything and nail it. Right. And that game was just so, insane. Crazy. Re- retro, futuristic, mm-hmm. like hyper-melded together. I, I, I love that aesthetic so yeah. much. Uh, I kind of feel like I found my second house that i want <laughs> uh like if i ever became like super rich i now i have two houses one the first one is the resident evil mansion oh from wow the first game <laughs> with, like with like keys and puzzles included so if i had to go to the bathroom i had to find like the, the heart key god forbid or the state <laughs> key to get into like the kitchen um yikes <laughs> i've yeah uh and then the nostromo just like everybody everybody's like oh i would have like the millennium falcon as my house no the nostromo bitch like yeah just pressing a button and having that nice crisp white door just slide up and i would add props i would add like i would have it to where it's like verbatim the scene of the film like the the chest burster or or the alien like somewhere somewhere in the house i don't know where i would put it but yeah. just to have guests come over and be like um what <laughs> <laughs> i'm glad you brought up star wars i feel like that's like such a that that has to be something that we talk about in opposition to this not because they need to be compared but because it's mm-hmm. useful to to draw a line in the sand without making any value judgments the difference between sci-fi as like space opera fantasy and hard science fiction right. like the distinction between like 
I, I mean, I honestly, Star Wars and then something like a book like Dune or a movie like Alien or even arguably, I guess a newer film would be like Annihilation or Contact. These are films where it isn't some archetypal knight in shining armor, armor saving the day against an evil force. They just happen to be lightsabers instead of swords and ray guns instead of arrows, right? It's Rather than that, this is mechanics, engineers, and scientists, and just everyday people solving a problem in the world and then being confronted with something so terrifying and gigantic and bigger than them that they can hardly figure it out, that they aren't really that important, that they aren't going to save the day, that there isn't some benevolent screenwriter that's going to give them a little deus ex machina, machina moment of just like jutting them out of an issue because nothing cares about them. That's like, that's alien in a nutshell. They come face to face with existential horror, organic life. It doesn't matter. Maybe, yeah, you're a space trucker, but who knows? Maybe you'll get killed by a serial killer if you're hauling around trucks all day. Maybe you'll just find an abandoned civilization and wander right down into the biomechanical uh, warfare bay and then bring something back in the ship and space doesn't care about you. You will be unceremoniously splattered on the walls. And God, that's scary way more than just something's in the dark. Something's in the vents. That's like past civilizations, organic life, just evolving to kill you, indifference of everything. I, that's such a crazy, great uh, theme for a movie, especially when it's so uncomfortable. With Again, we'll get into it because it's, it's such an in-your-face, ostensibly, I, I feel like everyone kind of gets the feeling when they watch the film, of the weird sexual hang-up of this movie. Jamming magazines down the main protagonist's throat with pornography on the wall in the background of the scene. Um, H.R. H.R. Giger's very obvious phallic imagery in everything. It's like the the movie was made to assault your senses and try to make fear a lot more than just I'm popping out at you with claws and a mouth that retracts. You know, it's bigger than that. And I love that. That said, this movie for me has been prefaced in years and years of loving it and being weirded out and uncomfortable by it and then rewatching it. So my conception of it isn't like yours, where you're just almost like watching it for the first time. How, when I watched it for the first time, I had a very different feeling about it. I just thought it was a cool movie. But what are you feeling? Like, did, did you read into any of the things that I said? Did it feel entirely different to you? So before I answer your question, if, if I even remember it, uh, will I spout on about this? When you said <laughs> space doesn't care about you, all I could think about was Jar Jar Binks. I had this sudden image of Jar Jar Binks just flashed <laughs> into my head, smiling. Or like, because you're wondering that's... what type of world would produce that character? Is that the joke? <laughs> right? Yeah. What what sick fucking monster would create something like that? Uh. What ki- what type of god <laughs> was just like, yeah, I'm gonna create this mentally retarded creature that that annoys everybody. Nice. Um, and, you know, uh, poorly done prequel films certainly have nothing to do with the Alien franchise, right? <laughs> no, right? I still like the third one, though. The third one was pretty good. Um, the third Alien? Man, I'm talking about Prometheus, Alien Covenant. I'm talking... <laughs> no, I was talking about Star Wars. Completely oh, my God. Track. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. Yeah. All right. We're, we're in different yeah. worlds right now. <laughs> um. So... 
what what was your question again like how, how so, did yeah, i feel i'm coming back to this movie after years of loving it and kind of really constantly reading about it and learning about the world it's in and then i watched it again after a year of maybe not watching it so i'm kind of primed to read into a lot of things just because i've always cared about this movie but you're saying you didn't really remember right. it and now you're kind of hitting it all over again like for the first time you're watching this film so you must have had such a different experience i think i envy your ability to just experience this for technically the first time and let because i remember the first time i watched it there's confusion and uncertainty and the movie cares so little about setting up exposition in the traditional sense they don't telegraph stuff they really just blend into the narrative so when you're watching this do you feel like you really understood the film and kind of what it was going for i okay so i'm gonna like go from like a base feeling like yeah. emotionally of what i felt watching this technically for the first time i guess um which is crazy because i used to watch aliens all the time and i know that's the very different movies huh it. they're both good it's but very, different <laughs> they're both yeah um but i uh so i'm sitting down i'm watching this and i could just i feel the sense of unease the the, the sensation of claustrophobia through the corridors and and the, the like tension that's slowly but surely mm -hmm. building and the dust like as you said the dusty atmosphere right of the ship and how retroistic re retroistic it looks um and i just i love these set pieces where the i can't remember the characters names but they're 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 going out to look at the extraterrestrial spacecraft right and the camera is set far away and all you see are little lights and i just i like it was with like witnessing a moving painting i got that same feeling it, like there is so much attention to every scene it felt like what, what are called like still life paintings where somebody will just paint a scene in so much detail that it feels like you're looking through a window of this beautiful little still moment and there would be moments where the camera would pan around a room in the nostromo and it was just picture perfect. And then they'd get onto the moon where you see the derelict, this, this forgotten ship by the engineers. And it's just like, it feels like somebody took a camcorder to an alien planet and recorded it the best they could through the fog. And this right. is a movie. There are 2000 space movies that look so much worse than this. This is such an artistic, incredibly like, just like the, the amount of effort and care that had to go into getting shots like the like what we got on the moon. The insane real life manifestation of H.R. Giger's weird biomechanical organic like technology and, and civilizations. The incredible astronomer, the the um big dead alien who merged with the seat, who could be an astronomer, who could be manning a weapon, who could be who knows, in charge of this derelict ship. All of that, man. It's like every single nuance was cared for and created, and people were interacting with it tangibly. It just it, it makes a movie that I don't know what could do it justice. Like CGI fails so intensely in the department of tangible, real, existing, and this movie just makes you feel grounded. Did you get that sense from it? It's like watching Jurassic Park versus the new ones. Mm -hmm. 
they can both be entertaining, but the first movie, things are there. You're looking at them. It's like you feel it, you know? It's crazy. Right. Yeah, I I felt like I was I was in the ship with this yeah. crew. The special effects are, are so well done. And honestly, this movie, although it is old, I feel like it, it it's just, it's cemented in time. Yeah. I was in a constant battle in my in my head where I just I was in disbelief like how how could I have not watched this when I was younger I don't hate myself because of that I uh I I got to experience it and understand it a little bit um right and like experience it with my adult brain if you can consider it an adult brain um there was like so much work that went into this film and Speaking of, like, nobody cares for these people, not not as a viewer, but as in, like, in this world, they're just workers right. and they're not, sup- they're not superheroes or anything like that. Yeah. The original ending was supposed to have Ripley decapitated by the alien. Mm-hmm. And in a weird set of events, the alien stands up, presses a button on the computer... And, and speaks in uh, Kane's voice and, and and says Kane signing off or something like that. I'm not sure if it was Kane or not. I may, I may be wrong. But, um, Didn't know about that last part. But yeah, so it, it almost, from my understanding of the development of this film, they didn't really know what the xenomorph would look like until somebody found H.R. Giger's work. And I think they built lore around his absurd and just world that he creates with his artwork and i think that is so important because by making the beast right the creature that technically this entire film is about but which we rarely see by making the whole film rest on this thing we get all of the weird dark perverted nuance of giger's work in this movie and then the directors recognized that and played into it with plot development moments and with scenes and what you get is this weird unsettling horror that works on so many different levels. You can just watch it like a slasher film almost. And it's just kind of like a space truckers, you know, getting slashed up by a entity. And what's cool is the movie transcends that gimmick so much by taking an hour to get to real plot momentum, pure tension building, world building. Mm -hmm. We're figuring out that this is a world where who cares what earth looks like? We're caring about who's hauling 20 million tons of, of minerals from one point to another. It's boring. They're tired. They're looking for everything. The characters are more concerned with money. They're not trying to save the world. They have zero interest in the alien life form that they found, the dead fossilized engineer. They're just like, wow, okay, well, I hope I get a bonus. It's just it's such a, like, I love that they aren't on their knees screaming to the world like i can't believe this and telegraphing to the audience how important everything is and then telling us hopefully this doesn't go wrong we need to bring this egg back for humanity on principle they're just like no i want money and if i don't get money i'm not doing this and if the contract didn't say i have to enter distress signal i am not doing that i love that it it feels so much better than dumb like all these Marvel movies and, and all these newer films always have people doing things on principle. Nobody operates that way. Nobody just operates out of pure benevolence and altruism. Like, I love the fact that the scientist is operating in the sake of science, sure, 
we also find out mandated by Wayland Corporation, but also just in this dry, I want to collect information. Not to better humanity, I, I want to. I need to know what this thing is. Ripley, who we don't even know exists until like 20 minutes into the film when she gets a name, which is pretty cool, you know, she's just very curtain to the point. She doesn't care about learning about it. She doesn't want the thing in the ship. She's not like the best of all worlds. She's just the manager when the other guy's not there. And she wants yeah, to shut everybody right. up and just be safe. You know, like there's such a... There's there's so much She's, depth to the characters. Yeah, Ripley isn't a Mary Sue. She doesn't get everything that she wants. and Right. <laughs> every single character has their own personality. And a side note, I wouldn't really consider this, like, even though it's clearly not a slasher film, I wouldn't necessarily put it up with slasher films because this film has plot and it has twists and it has all these things going for it, and it's set in reality, and not to say that some slasher films, they they have plot. Well, it's like a matter of emphasis, though, right? Like, emphasis on lore building or emphasis on just the act of... Right. Kill, 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 which is totally valid, too, right? So I, I'm, I guess what I was getting at is I'm glad that this wasn't a just kill, kill, kill a new gimmick for a slasher right. film. Uh, yeah, somebody elevated this and said... Hold on, this is cool. We can do something with this. I completely agree with you. Awesome. One hundred percent. This didn't need to be another like kill fest. Uh, even though I do love me a good fucking kill fest. Let Let's be honest here. Hey, nothing There's wrong with it, no, man. <laughs> like, nothing wrong with a little bloodshed, people, uh, especially on screen. <laughs> I think there's nothing more terrifying than exploring space. Completely, completely mm-hmm. agree with. You with that 100 percent, and i was sitting there and i was wondering how this face hugger was gonna like infect these people by you know by face hugging <laughs> um and well not infect but more so implant an embryo into their esophagus and right. i was surprised that not one of them like was i'm gonna take my helmet off just because to move the plot forward no this this creature ate through the helmet with acid and nowadays you have in in hollywood you have actors taking off their helmets just because and then oh Mm -hmm. they did a dumb thing an obvious dumb thing in alien covenant in alien covenant they travel light years they get into this like forested area that clearly is going to have some form of life. Some guy walks through a forest and just spores start floating up in the air and he takes his helmet off and like smokes or something and like sits on a tree stump effectively just inhaling. Oh my God. But surprisingly alien covenant is a prequel to alien. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think we'll cover alien covenant at some point in time. I don't know when and I'm, yeah. Be, well, here's the thing, like, beyond the execution, the lore and philosophy of those movies is so dark and pitch perfect for mm-hmm. Alien 1. There's so much they could have done. If you watch Prometheus and not get hung up on really dumb decisions that they made in executing the movie, and then you watch Covenant... Night and day. <laughs> it will blow your mind how much potential they had. They, well, they, they both could have been brilliant movies to pair up with Alien 1. 
like in so many ways they know what existential dread is and they plant it into the movies with just galactic tragedies that we find out that have occurred but they execute it so poorly i don't want a punk rock spacer who takes off his off his helmet and like like what the appeal of the first movie is that we're literally identifying with like 40 year old space truckers they don't have to be one's a teenager one's a female scientist one's like it's like no we just need characters we need people neutralize all of that give us people it doesn't matter who they are what they want make them real and then make them interact with one another right i mean one of my favorite quotes by a writer named bradbury is that plot is the footprints left in the snow when characters do their own thing that's my abridgment of that but plot isn't something you plan this will happen and then this will happen and it changes everything and then this character will encounter that it's just create good real characters build a world and let them be dynamic plot is the product of that another thing don't have them do something so idiotic just for the sake of using plot forward that is so (laughs) just like it makes me dumbfounded to even see things like that in films overall i I, facepalm over and over again till i have brain Mm -hmm. damage in my yes and do and do la ablangada big word i have (laughs) that was a hard one to pull off but i feel like i I pulled it off well uh i have nothing negative to say about alien and that's surprising because i know there's probably a flaw or two in that film uh especially with people uh nowadays who can't sit through a slow burn film like this this is a two hour almost two hour long film and we don't really get to the, like the good yeah. bits until 50 minutes in and uh i had no problem with that yeah i think that's what made the movie great honestly i think that's that burning that scene setting without that it would have been gimmicky it does immediately kick into the action it it takes its time to set the world right. set the characters in that world and to build the tension, you know that something bad is going to happen. You don't know how. And thank God it wasn't because, oh, I'm, I'm a fucking idiot. And it was just, no, I'm, I'm curious. Yeah. And well, what's this egg? And there's something moving on the inside of it. And, oh, now we're playing console hockey. We're Th- playing- that's exactly it. I, yeah, and I, I like that you're phrasing it that way. Because so much of it is just the world happens to these people. Like, they're, they're doing their own motives, and then stuff happens to them. And the exposition is so solid, because if you blink, you'll miss crucial information. Because they're just kind of nonchalantly talking about their space trucker contract and binding terms about why they have to go to the derelict and discover this thing. And so much you could miss, because the exposition is really naturally presented. You know, it isn't like uh, some offhand or, or like really forced... There's a, there's a distress signal. I'm Ripley. You should identify with me. I refuse to let you care about money. I, on principle, want to investigate the distress signal. I, on principle, will endanger our life because people should do that for us because people should be good. Like, I don't want more of that nonsense. Be a human being. Tell your friends that you care about, I'm not letting you in this ship. You're in danger. You'll die out there. We right. cannot break protocol. That's, That's insane. What a good character yeah, moment. Yeah, exactly. Like you don't. That's strong like, character oh, development, I, man. 
people from the suck. Of my heart, <laughs> I'm gonna let you in. No, the synthetic android fucking yeah. let them in because he's a synthetic android and he doesn't have working organs. People, you gotta know this. Uh, <laughs> mostly fish eggs and milk. He's con- he's just full of fish eggs and milk. That's 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 the lore. <laughs> His internal components are just made of fish eggs and milk. That's that's it. The facehuggers' <laughs> organs are uh, oysters and clams or whatever. And and that it looked real, man. When the facehugger was on his head, you could watch it breathing and twitching. It was just like, I. how do you recover from a movie from, what, 79? That looks more convincing than still the best CGI I've seen with a practical effect. Like, there are a few scenes in this movie where we see the full body suit of the guy in the xenomorph and it looks comically bad and i wish they hid that in shadows beyond those few very few scenes they knew that they were working with limited articulation for this thing they knew to hide it in the shadows they knew to make it creep around and not be seen too often and god it works you know there are very few scenes where we get a full body shot where it's like, ooh, yikes, not aging well. But the rest of it... This film in particular is the basis of how to make a good monster film, I feel. How to make something terrifying and just to set atmosphere overall. I, dude, this movie is like, hands down, one of like the top, top films that I fucking enjoy it. I I love it. Like, Cool. Even though, yes, it's like, I've probably never seen this film. I have no idea. I don't yeah. remember people. And, and another thing, another thing that I do not like in horror movies is when you have very intense moments and everything is just fucking ruined by music, by yes, by just yeah. overdoing it. Too much music is not like not a good way to set the mood like if, if you're right now inferring to the final act that is a master class in knowing when to shut up man the, like the music cuts off she slowly just puts on the suit nothing and then you kind of get like any score element is so organic and like even at the beginning of the movie there's a light minimalistic kind of orchestral score but there's just metal chattering all in the background and you just hear chains and ship doors and it's just like the sound designer i don't know who did this but it was good work like i i was blown away by it i watched this film i did like a 2k upscale of it and wore headphones and i boosted the volume up and the atmospheres i swear you can just hear non-existent futuristic equipment humming like they they put everything into this movie it's, yeah. it's really cool i like i can't I can't give enough credit to this movie. It's it's awesome. like if you've never seen this film, you need to go watch it because it's it's one of those movies that you have to watch it before you pass on to the next life. I it's one of the best movies of all one of the best sci-fi horror movies of all time in my opinion. Awesome. Although the thing Very the cool. thing is my favorite horror movie and I've I've been God. struggling recent with what's my favorite horror movie of all time is it an american werewolf in london which by the way is a mm. fucking amazing <laughs> movie i love that film uh or yeah. john carpenter's the thing 
And I have to give it to The Thing because of just the thought of, I don't know who's infected. Setting yourself in that moment is oh, so horrible. It was so good. But anyways, and, and yeah. that can also be added on to Alien. You don't know where that creature is. Where mm-hmm. the hell is he? <laughs> yep. And what it's going to look like. That's the brilliant thing. We're coming into this knowing that it should be the xenomorph. People at the time had no idea what the alien was going to look like. It starts as a face hugger. It turns into that chest burster. burster. That thing goes on. And in the later movies, we kind of find out the adolescent period. Yeah. So you never know what it's going to look like, what it's going to be capable of, how much bigger it's going to get. And it is like, what brilliant filmmaking. Now we're disadvantaged to the idea that we've seen the full xenomorph. Imagine that being revealed after hours of tension bursting out of people's chest hiding in the vents killing people off screen and then we get hr giger's full manifested not evil just survival pure incarnation of just indifferent survival purity that's man what a reveal and i'm glad to hear that you like this so much because i feel like You've introduced me to some horror movies that I ended up really liking through this podcast. I'm glad I got to bring this right. one to you. Because this film is like, there. this is the type of movie you can keep rewatching, And just, there are so many tiny parts of it that just work so well that you didn't even know went over your head. And then you watch it again, you're like, oh man, this is just all coming together. This is a movie that they literally set up a dead civilization. And they didn't tell us anything about it. A movie today would have had somebody find, oh, I found a codex on the control panel. Oh, wow, can you believe it? In 1937, a a dead civilization was at the height of its power operating. It's like, no, they don't care. Space truckers don't have access to this information. They aren't scientists who are going to discover these space archaeologists, right? It's No, it's just it happened. They, out of their own, they don't have the specialist insight. They wandered into a biomechanical weapon bay and now they're living with the consequences and nobody's there to help i can just imagine films these days doctor i need information farts in her face i see i must be off and just leaves the scene is this this a south park reference to that canadian show i guess that's what i was manifesting just man (laughs) that has to be that that, that's what i was envisioning um (laughs) I guess we're ready to eulogize Alien. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. May God be with this young man's soul. May be broadly rest in peace. We are here today to uh, finally bury <laughs> this film into the ground, or we will no longer review it. Oh, that's, I like that angle. 1979, nice. Alien, you lived a good life. You will always be remembered in our hearts and forever immortalized in our brains. I will never forget <laughs> t- uh, tonsil hockey with an alien ever again. And always remember, uh, no one can hear you cream in space or scream. You are not performing my <laughs> <laughs> Who says you're going to die first? I like that angle. So we're... Okay, that's you kind of you kind of presented like that like an insult, but you were kind of talking about your own lifestyle. I don't know what to do with that. Should you be worried or should you? I, 
who knows i i like the angle of laying alien to rest for our podcast yeah it will live on man this is like this is we're not going to do another episode on alien one so let's lay it to rest my general feelings what a life man i mean this is like when this is god what a horror movie this should have been the the spawning off point for the new horror that we have now the slow burns that really deal with existential dread that we've been talking about, kind of spiritual successors to the thing in Alien. Instead, it didn't. It took decades for the horror industry to try to venture into that territory. And nothing is ever going to be like Alien, just like nothing will ever be like the thing. Mm -hmm. It's just such a pure, in just this pure, beautiful overlapping of creative design. No one creator could have done this. It took H.R. Geiger, H.R. Giger, it took the uh uh all of the practical effects guys they all their lives had to overlap at just the right time and we got this brilliant film any one element could have ruined it amen and they nailed it thank god they nailed it space truckers in space could have been a gimmick instead it became one of my favorite movies ever so i lay alien to rest with a rose and a hmm obscene magazine and i shall i shall give alien a one second i gotta i gotta rummage through my bag real quick uh (laughs) fish eggs and uh cat just just a tabby just a tabby cat like alive we're gonna bury it alive uh yeah so Okay, with with the eggs for substance and I guess the magazine for entertainment. Yep. We're good. I, we did it. And then the rose to cover up the smell. Mm-hmm. All and right. a copy of Alien. A respectful <laughs> burial. And a copy of Alien. <laughs> what? But nothing to watch. Oh, okay. Wow, we're getting meta. <laughs> but yeah. nothing to watch it on. I guess we're well, ready to Should we hear, be should burying we... it in the ground or should we be shooting it out to space? Oh, yeah. See, that was a clear... We missed yeah. that one. You're right. So let's... Uh, Let's we're like launching dig up, this dig up space. like a piece of earth, bury it, and then bring it onto a spaceship, and then shoot it out into space, into the sun. Okay, I like uh, this. I like this. We'll we'll get the technicalities yep. figured out, and we'll we'll do, we'll launch yeah, it. Cue like sound of ship launching Three, something. Two, one. Okay. Okay. I kind of want to keep our. <laughs> our giddy remarks about sound effects in the episode i wonder what that would sound like um (laughs) Um, section next section voices from the other side you voices from the other side well sometimes that is better i will say uh i say uh let me pull up i took a few screenshots of some of my favorite reviews that I've seen on IMDb or well from the spiritual plane of the dead and uh, <laughs> let's see uh, I have how, how many how many do you have I just want to be be clear I, have I just four, have two so uh, yeah I have, I have two and then kind of a third uh, so one but not really I like this one this one is from Cody Diedrich. And by the way, I pulled this one out of like the lowest of the low bins of stars. Uh, so <laughs> I, I was just looking at all one star reviews. This one is titled 
Why is Indiana Jones on a spaceship? What? I carry more advanced technology around in my pocket every day than they use to make this film, and it shows. <laughs> in response to the defense of it was made in 79, two points. One, then it didn't and doesn't stand the test of time, as so many claim. And two, Star Trek came out in the 60s. And looks more believable than this. The real motive reveals itself. He's it a wasn't Trekkie. scary. It wasn't creepy. And it wasn't thrilling. It was boring and at times laughable. Ooh. Okay, so this that, that seemed more like a enraged Trekkie who maybe saw a remark on a, on YouTube about why Alien is better than Star Trek. A bizarre comparison. And whose response was, the technology doesn't look real, so the movie is bad. All right. I also have a, a, a one-star review. This is by Saint Just 29 What do people see in this film? I am not one for horror movies, though I do like Alien stuff. Nothing happens in the film. Nothing. We spent most of the time watching, waiting, for something to happen, this movie could have been cut in half to an hour easy. There is a saying that says that fear is being scared of the unknown, which is kind of the point of that extra hour of the movie, <laughs> to not just give it to you. Unfortunately, this movie has tried to do all this and has gone too far. Rather than waiting for something to happen, while on the edge of our seats, we wait and wait and wait and wait. We barely get to see the alien, and the special effects are pretty poor. Sure, it was a long time ago, so we can expect we can't expect too much, but look at Star Wars, which came out around the same time. They were much better than Alien, and Lucas had half the money. Alien is simply a boring movie that deserves no credit. Yikes. Why do we make comparisons? Oh, I should say. Thank thank you. We'll start with that. I, I needed to, I can't leave out the most important point. This review was posted on IMDB. I didn't even know it existed back then. In 1999. What? I was a year old, man. What? <laughs> a relic of the past, not unlike the derelict on the moon. All right, now you can go on. <laughs> I only have one from 1999. Most of these are from the modern day. Uh, so ah. this one is titled Twisted. It is also a one star. Uh, by Harry Plinkett, 14. Very original name, sir. Uh, Scott is a lousy director. I'm going to read this in a intellectual voice. <laughs> a great oh, visual artist, but not good at directing. Giger is a degenerate who paints monsters in hellish images all his life. And the whole horror genre is by and large a pit of degeneracy. This film is an effective <laughs> horror and does impress visually in many ways. It also has a memorable soundtrack, but at the end of the day, it is just nasty, and I am sick and tired of nasty imagery poisoning my mind. Shove it down the toilet. So Alien had a good soundtrack. Would I call it... Or there, is there like a theme? I'm like, oh man, that's Alien, like Jurassic Park. It's, it's atmospheres. Like, it's like sporadic you, you hear the sound of space, and which is like absent, and you're just like, ha, 
Alien. Memorable. Yeah, man. I could listen to this on my just iPod on my way to work. Ten, with Jurassic Park ten theme. hours Cue it of up. a playlist. Just silence. Ooh. I, I love this weird idea of this, like, this heightened intellectual art critic who is, like, basically describing H.R. Giger in the same way other art critics would describe, like, Harmonious Bosch. Just who, yeah, they paint monsters and they're, they're incredible. They're amazing. They're talented. Like, it, it's impressive stuff, you know? It's like, God, it, it's a degenerate. What a horrible way to live, man. You, you've got to see beauty in things. What a gem of a movie. This guy, I feel bad for him that he wasn't able to distance himself from this holier-than-thou approach to just say, man, some people came together and made something cool. Some people choose to live miserable lives, buddy. I guess so. A guy named Adrian McKinder, he's a film critic, he did a weird, interesting write-up on H.R. Giger's work and how the weird sexual undertones that they like really obviously put into this movie. This is one of the few cases where film critics aren't reading into something until nothing matters anymore. <laughs> like you can actually watch this movie and say, oh, yeah, they're, they're actually right. They aren't just reading things through like a psychoanalytic lens. Uh, Adrian says, the star of the film is truly the beast itself. When it came to conjuring up the visuals for the alien and all of its horrifying forms, Scott turned to the macabre, often sexual imagery of H.R. Giger's artwork. He immediately saw the potential in Giger's biomechanical style uh, and put it in the project. I'm abridging this a bit. The perverse sexual element of Geeker's work not only adds to the inhumane terror of the alien, great way of saying that, the inhumane terror, the humanoid not awesome, but also seems to have permeated the entire film. The way the facehugger implants the alien seed within the stomach of Cain is effectively a form of male rape, kind of disconcerting. And how the seed emerges now is in the legendary chestburster scene is the worst kind of violent birth anybody could wish for. The adult creature itself with its long domed head is highly phallic. In H.R. Giger's original artwork, it literally is a phallus. Uh, and it is also worth noting that the way in which the beast kills its prey is overtly sexual by violently thrusting its multi-fanged tongue or um, its powerful tail into the body, especially, this is weird, during the scene with Lambert. When she's killed, the camera deliberately shows the alien standing before her, looking more man than beast, as the creature's tail snakes up between her legs. Uh, interestingly, the subtext of rape and sexual violence is also present among the crew. The rape of Cain is mirrored later on in the scene when a science officer, Ash, tries to suffocate Ripley by rolling up a pornographic magazine and attempting to force it into her mouth. This theme is never as prevalent in the later sequels, um, and they provoke an unsettling feeling of revulsion that lingers in the memory. I think that is more truthful than it is a stretch. A lot of what he said there feels like I saw that. Like, I remember the first time I watched the movie in the that, weird tail scene yeah, where felt... it slides up Lambert's leg and then thrust. When I was a kid, I watched that and thought, oh, there's an implication there that's really uncomfortable. And I was just like, it, right. it permeates the movie. It isn't like reading in like, why The Incredibles is a, is a capitalist film that's indoctrinating your kid. It's not like some dumb film conspiracy theorist thing it's like no this is grounded man giger meant for this stuff to be in his artwork and they really tried to play that up in the film for a deep perverted and honestly un uncomfortable this is a feeling. perfect social commentary on sexual violence and especially with today's problems sure. in this world 
honestly increasingly getting worse in my opinion uh even though they've never left our world they've been here since the dawn of time um we're just getting to a point where it's just sure. getting worse i think this is the perfect movie to sit down and watch and really just envelop yourself and understand the sexual innuendos and the contexts of what's going on and that tail scene by the way made me feel very uncomfortable i was like oh well it's doing its job and that's yeah. why i love this film so much is like yes sexual innuendos the, mm-hmm. the innuendo of rape and and uh being force-fed a magazine you shouldn't eat magazines uh ash it's not good for your diet dietary uh intestinal <laughs> tract although you wouldn't know that because you're just you're just milk and fish eggs uh <laughs> nailed it nailed it Nick. okay <laughs> love it <laughs> so my next one is uh titled overrated boring uninspired with no suspense wasted two hours of my life exclamation point by the <laughs> 280 24 uh so he goes to say or she goes to say apart from the fact that the cinematography is really bad which is kind of acceptable for its time period the movie is plain what? uninspiring definitely overrated and a complete waste of time this offers nothing with uh this offers nothing what a sci-fi horror is expected to deliver characters are way out of their roles apart from one or two main actors and they could not even deliver some, uh, situational suspense and drama. The build-up was unnecessary and long. I must say that it's really fantastic plot. Poorly executed. This is not a classic. All in uppercase letters. Um, hmm. So I think he got in an argument in the bar and came home and very angrily this typed was... this up after... After some film wasted, critic told him dude. alien. He, he, he was, oh my God, you yeah. need to go to an AA meeting. This was uh, published in August 21st of 2018. Um, oh, wow. Yeah. So I wonder if, I, I wonder if you like Prometheus more, which kind of, it talks about the same similar uncomfortable plot points, but really in a very direct kind of charmless modern way. And I wonder... Well, maybe this is this is a good moment for the Ebert review. This kind of speaks to that comment you just had and then one of the other reviews I read. Ebert says, One of the great strengths of Alien is in its pacing. Yes. It takes time. It waits. It allows silences. The majestic opening shots are underscored by Jerry Goldsmith, who scarcely audibly uses far-off metallic chatterings. It suggests the enormity of the crew's discovery by building up to it in small steps. The interception of the signal, is it a warning or an SOS? The descent into extraterrestrial surfaces. The bitching by Brett and Parker, who are concerned only about collecting their shares. The masterstroke of the surface murk through which the crew members move. Their helmet lights hardly penetrating the soup. The shadowy outline of the alien ship. The sight of the alien pilot frozen in his command chair. That's an assumption that hasn't been substantiated. But uh, the enormity of the discovery inside of the ship. It's full of leathery eggs, one of them says. A recent version of this story would have hurtled toward the part where the alien jumps on the crew members. Today's slasher movie in the sci-fi genre and elsewhere 
are all payoff and no buildup. Consider the wretched remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre, with cheat, which cheats its audience out of an explanation, an introduction of the Chainsaw family, and even a proper ending. It isn't the slashing that we enjoy, it's waiting for the slashing. So to, to, I know you want to speak to that. Um, Ebert has, was very publicly an anti-slasher movie guy. And near the end of his life, he came around to seeing Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I'm pretty sure it's one of the better movies that have been made. Um, and as you notice there, he is against slashing, but up for the tension in that slasher film. It's so, kind of interesting, but go for I it. I mean, I agree to a degree, a slight degree. I am a fan of slasher films, mm-hmm. as you all know. I love tension building. I love it so much. That's why The Thing is one of my favorite movies of all time. The tension. And I love Alien because of the tension. Although I do like Friday the 13th. And that's all payoff and no build. I have no problem with that, to be honest. <laughs> I like I like a goofy yeah. film every once in a while. I, sometimes I just want to watch a movie to witness the special effects. And I don't care about the story. Like, you could have shit plot shit actors but you could have amazing special effects and that is something that i really hold on to in film as a whole as a fan uh of of these films in particular i i i just i enjoy it and like you can have your guilty pleasures in life you could like something that is shit in, in inherently shit and like everybody fucking hates it but deep down inside it's like well i don't hate it i i like it because da 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 da. i i I like it because it has amazing kills it has amazing effects it's not cgi it's not ham-fisted technology it's it's somebody took the time to make this because they love what they do and it shows so right it's it's just it's it's like death metal for instance cannibal corpse let's because cannibal corpse is considered a horror movie for your ears it's all about killing rape and and murder and it's just it's good fun it's not serious they're not advocating rape and murder in real life they're they're completely against that they're they're good guys Um, (laughs) but they like to have fun and that's just the whole that's the whole point yeah of of the genre as a whole and uh for movies and music and any sort of media video games whatever um people enjoyed manhunt and i'm i've never really played manhunt uh to be honest but a lot of that has to do with killing it's like a snuff film and i'm sure there's there's like plot points and stuff like that but whatever um anyways yeah i agree to disagree it is what it is okay if you go back and and like watch the old tv version of ebert and siskel and they talk about slasher films when they were first kind of premiering it's really fascinating because uh, it was such an assault to like film tradition they didn't know how to react to it but later on ebert really saw the artistry in them anyway but that might be something for another episode but i love his take here on alien because it really is like it's all about build-up it's like to him this is the uh, distillation of 
of of what perfect modern horror contemporaneously yeah. for him would have been. It's build up. It's uh, not. He, he even talks about a quote by Hitchcock, what, that if there's a bomb under the table, when it blows up, it's an a, it's action, but when it doesn't blow up, it's suspense. Alien is just an unexploded bomb, and it doesn't go off until the very end, and it's just tension. You know, I love that. Um, hmm. Yeah, I think a Roger and Ebert uh, down the rabbit hole episode would be pretty cool to do. I would love to see the the growth, the exponential growth uh, between both viewers. It'd be kind of interesting to talk about. Uh, anyways, my last and final voice from the other side uh, is titled Slow and Dull by Saint Just. And this was uh, published in Wait, the 14th of... I, no, this is it, a different one. There was another Saint Just? He published another one in wow. August 14th of 1999. I'm so, amazed. <laughs> so he says, This movie is very slow, very dull and boring. After waiting half an hour for the movie to start, after many long and dull shots at the area, the movie begins to move after lots and lots of boring visuals. Jesus Christ. The story begins to move, though never takes off. Personally, I hated the movie and has never and and has been given a vote of one by me in the user in the user vote. I don't recommend you see it, but its vote of eight point two by other viewers might suggest otherwise. So there's a little bit, there's a little bit of a, well, like. Other people seem to enjoy it, but I don't. My personal opinion is that it was made in 1977, so people have just voted for it as a classic. It deserves nothing as a classic. No stars. But you gave it one star. So that is inaccurate, sir. And, uh, yeah. So I, I shall release these spirits from the... <laughs> the other the other side and we shall can uh by voicing their unfounded concerns we are giving them the ability to move on and finally get the hell away from us (laughs) it's a good movie we like it (laughs) everyone's entitled to their opinion but come on man it's a classic you can say it's a fucking classic i agree i agree i'm not gonna even yes yes everyone's entitled to their opinion you can say it's great cinematography but not for me but come on boring scenes come on man this movie's great (laughs) some people don't like slow burns and i can understand why they just want something that's flashy bright they want something michael bay and like i'm like i don't really like michael bay michael bay is shit yeah you know he just likes to stick his dick in every single horror movie franchise to make remakes that are horrible Uh, this is coming from a very personal place nick Friday the 13th, Nightmare on Elm Street. We'll cover those. I think we'll we'll have to, huh? How do we end this? We did it. We talked about Alien. Okay, so that's it. It is buried, it is done, it is shot off into space, into Mm. the sun. It is no more. It will no longer return to the podcast from the Black Lagoon. So that's it. That's our first ever, well, not first ever, but our first episode of the revamped and freshly new podcast from the black lagoon we hope you all enjoyed it we are excited to do more uh stay tuned 
for the next episode. Aliens. So if you want to support us, uh, you can visit our Patreon, which is... Patreon.com slash BLN. That's Black Lagoon Network, BLN. You can also find us on our Facebook page, the Black Lagoon Network. Um, If you aren't able to financially support us, you can do something that might even be more valuable, which is leave a five-star review on iTunes. When you do that, you actually put us in front of hundreds of people. If you do that, thank you. That's probably the best thing you could possibly do to support us. Thank you so much. We love you guys. All right. We love you. And stay tuned for the next episode. Terrorize the world. Sound of the